This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning, and welcome to the Monday morning break with me, Marie. I'm delighted to be back after Christmas break, and I'll be talking to Josh this morning about embedding research into your practice. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. to everyone and as I said I'm really delighted to be back after um, a Christmas break. Uh, I think it's been a, quite a few weeks since I've done a show so really looking forward to it this morning and I'd just like to start by saying good morning to Josh and welcome. Morning. morning. How are you doing? Yeah really good, really really good. Um, I was saying this morning um, I wasn't sure whether to say Happy New Year to everyone because I'm not sure at what point we stopped saying that um, and I think probably 8th of January I probably won't. <laughs> we'll just stop there. Um, but yeah really I've, I've really been looking forward to this um, research and um, research embedding research and CPD and, and, and all of those things are things that I'm really, really passionate about. Um, probably do quite a lot of it in my own time, just sort of out of interest. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting into it and talking talking about that um, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so I thought what we could start with is I put a um, I put a few things out kind of to people to networks um, I put it on X and that sort of thing I was just sort of looking for people's views on on embedding research um, and on things um, I guess what people understand as um, trauma-informed approach for example um, and things like that so I thought a good place to start might be to kind of um, hear from you how what you think um about those things um i know i've got um sort of my thoughts on it and then perhaps we kind of go through some of the things that people have said and let's take that as a starting point yeah yeah yeah, okay so um as we as we said um kind of on the on the promo your part of your job in your organization is you are the research lead yeah yeah so do you want to um is it can you tell us sort of what that is and yeah. what that entails yeah okay so essentially uh t- to me being a research lead is about sort of looking at the available evidence like research evidence online um and in books as well and sort of taking quite a critical approach of um of reading those sources and then thinking about how uh the research tells us how we can improve Mm. what's going on Mm. um, in in the institution or the educational setting. Yeah, Yeah, that's brilliant because my um, one of the things that I when I was thinking about this and what I think um, about sort of research and embedding um, is I I feel like um, we all 
particularly in education, maybe in, in, in other roles related to young people or, or people, we've all got our whys, we've all got our reasons for being here, we've got our values, we talk a lot about organisational culture and things like that. But I, my feeling is that the research and the wider understanding of, of theories and um, studies is the evidence. I yeah. think that's how I, I feel yeah. about it. Um, and I think one of the one of my big things as well is that sometimes things don't get embedded yeah <laughs> so we talk a lot about things or you might read about things but i think research embedded practice is when you're actually able to use that to transform your practice yeah definitely yeah that's... there can be a mismatch can't there just yes. between like what goes on in the setting yeah yeah, yeah okay. exactly and and um you know i think it's something that I, I think people are much more aware of it, but it's kind of that you're not just doing CPD for the sake of it. Mm. You know, you're able to actually learn something new or try something out yeah. um, and then actually use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> very good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so in your role, you're sort of, get, I guess, reading around a lot and sort of analysing the things that are out there yeah. and, and things like that. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, it's so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, so interesting. Yeah, it's a good job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought then the other thing that I was going to, you know, I sort of asked people is the, the words sort of trauma-informed uh, are used a lot. Mm. Um, and I think is sometimes see quite a lot of, well, I know I see quite a lot of discussion about it, mm -hmm. um, sort of trauma-informed approach. And then there are, I guess, um, people talking about sort of being very clear about behavior expectations and mm. all of that kind of thing. And I think tra research embedded, trauma-informed, all those kind of things, to me, fall into a bit of a danger of being used as buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. Without thinking about what they mean um so yeah I, I kind of as I said put it out there um and said you know ahead of ahead of my show um I'd like to hear your hear your views what does research embedded mean and tra and trauma informed um so some of the um I should go through some some really really interesting answers um so I had an answer saying um I've done some reading on the trauma-informed approach. How I understand it is mental health diagnosis resulting from trauma instead of a sort of pathological genetic basis. Um, and, the, and trauma has a spectrum and then behaviour is then shown as a result of the person trying to keep themselves safe. Um, so to be trauma-informed or to have a trauma-informed um, approach I think is, or this person is saying, it's um, understanding that when people behave in a certain way, it's because um, it's because that's what they've learned to do as a yeah. response. Um, we had some other views about um, ah, this is a good one. So about research, in research embedded is about using a particular approach, such as trauma informed, to support the implementation of your aims and goals. Yeah. Um, it can provide justification uh, and reasoning for how you do it and why you do it. Yeah. Which that, I think, yeah, that's something that I definitely agree with. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then we had some, you know, some comments about um, everyone, uh, everyone can experience trauma and everyone's experience is different. Being aware, accepting, 
listening, validating, and not trying to fix is the trauma-informed approach through various methods. Mm. So yeah, some really interesting um, interesting thoughts around what it means um, to be trauma-informed and, and research and, and so on. Um, yeah. yeah, was that how was how was it when you were thinking about it ahead of the show? So tra- trauma informed or yeah, okay, yeah, let's go cool. with trauma informed. Yeah, so I I think there was some really interesting thoughts there, um, and yeah, I agree. It's definitely those things, um, uh, particularly behaviour being a product of, mm. of um, yeah, the pre pre existing feeling. I bet you know unsafe and, yes. and that sort of thing um and yeah i guess different people um have different reactions to past trauma and mm. so it's not gonna it's, it's gonna um present in very different ways as well so yeah a lot i would agree with a lot of those things which is said there yeah yeah oh yeah i think it's i i think it's interesting i i think um you know, like I said, if you, I guess, looking into it a bit more about what what it actually means, I mm. think is really important, isn't it? And yeah. that comes under, I guess, embedding the research. Yeah, and there's a huge like sort of neurobiology lens uh, on the trauma informed approach as well. Amazing. Uh, Are we yeah. able to get onto that in this show? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would well, be great. Yeah, because well, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably a very big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was, I was saying, I think it's something that I'm really interested in and I know um you know even from when we very first met we were talking about the body keeps the score um so I think yeah um I do recommend that well I know you recommended it to me and I now recommend it to anyone so anyone (laughs) who's interested in in um trauma um and and kind of understanding it's it's so wide-reaching isn't it it's um when you start to think about the um, the impact that the, these things can have on on so many things and behaviors and and so on mm. um let alone then into education I yes guess. Yeah. yeah okay well, fair. well i i kind of um had put together some of my thoughts as well because i thought from asking everyone else yeah, what yeah, they think about about it so um yeah i i was reading and it was saying that um trauma has to be one of the most misunderstood forms of human suffering and underlies many mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, and addiction. Um, and recent studies, I mean, this might be something that linked to what you've been reading, it's mm. saying um, for a long time, anyone, sort of coaches, therapists, probably, you know, anyone, uh, mental health practitioners, have been attempting to resolve trauma using the cognitive mind. But recent studies have shown that the effects of trauma are stored within the body. So mm. it's not just psychological, mm. it's an issue that affects the whole system. Um, and actually, this, I, I quite like this as an explanation. Trauma is not a disorder, it's an adaptation. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that ties into me, sort of how someone is feeling and you've adapted your responses yeah. due to past experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it's um, the approach that, that I was reading about. So trauma-informed practice is an approach to interventions which is grounded in the understanding that trauma exposure can impact an individual's neurological, biological, psych- psychological, and social development. Yeah. Um, and it was saying the six principles are safety, trust, choice, collaboration, empowerment, and cultural consideration. Yeah. I mean, I guess on the topic of our show, <laughs> if it, 
understanding the trauma-informed approach and then embedding it, those are six those six principles are pretty big yeah um, if you're gonna look at your approach yeah in education yeah absolutely yeah yeah which i maybe that's partly why people you know so there's a danger of it being surface level yeah i think so um and i think it it requires quite a lot of skill from the person to not react in a way which is, is um because it can be so natural just to act in a, in a very um, reactive sense, and, and yeah. perhaps, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you can see that, can't you? Yeah. Maybe especially within uh, a mainstream environment or a classroom environment, um, that potentially, yeah, you teach it, and and understandably, and you know, is just reacting to what's in front yeah. of them, um, and I. Yeah, I think that probably goes back to what we were saying about if you are going to embed research, yeah. you have to have the time, yeah, the knowledge, the skills and the support to do it. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, so I guess that's another part actually of the research thing is being able to sort of like collate what's out there, what the research yeah. says in a way which you can then break down to other members of staff and so yes. everyone's on the same page and has a shared language yes uh, oh i um, love that yeah. i love that yeah that's one of i think shared language is very powerful mm. i think because it's a shorthand isn't it yeah and, yeah. and uh i think everyone would agree that education is somewhere the time is of the essence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't have a lot of it um and if you're not gonna um you know what the last thing you want to do is scare the staff yeah. and say well we're going to do this and it's all going to take a lot of time you're going to develop all these um, knowledge of all these studies and and so on. So I mean, I find it very interesting then that your part of your role is um, distilling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, because you love it, yeah. are going to do all the reading, <laughs> the sort of meta analysis, and and so on, and then almost distill it down. That's then accessible to yeah. staff, and then as you said, have the shared language yeah. that yeah. creates. Um, yeah, is, is time effective and yeah, yeah. No, I'd love that as a process. That's really, really interesting. Um, yeah, and I just think it's. I hope this is kind of anyone listening. You know, you're thinking, okay, this is this is a way to bring in research yeah. um, into our organisation or, or school or college and and so on. So yeah, please feel free to um, if you're listening live. Obviously, you can. Um, you can message into the show. Um, I've got Twitter open as well. Sorry, X. <laughs> I've got X <laughs> open as well. So I'm on there if you want to tweet. Um, and if you are listening back afterwards, I'd still, um, please do still get in touch because, um, you know, I can speak for, <laughs> speak for both of us. It's a huge area of passion for us, yeah, isn't it? With that? Yeah. But um, yeah, really thinking about how to bring in that, um, you know, the um, research the way of distilling research into you into um the staff team that uk is just two weeks away and you're waiting to put in 600 plus exhibitors on seven content stages from 120 countries and see louis theroux dame darcy bustle jason arde Laura Carner, baroness Fluella benjamin dan fitzpatrick mr picit and so much more i might need to bring my trainers the best part educators go free get your ticket now at uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration this show
So um, I, we've kind of made a start <laughs> um, of this very big topic. So thinking about um, embedding research into practice and what that means, um, a little bit of the why, I think. Um, and then we've talked about some, um, you know, one of the big areas that is perhaps open to interpretation um, and would benefit from research embedded practice and being trauma informed. But I would just really love to use a, quite a lot of this show to just hear about some of the research you're currently, currently focusing on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess um, within each educational setting, the focus is going to be different on what the education provider actually needs to look at in, in terms of research. Um, but the one where I'm currently at, we needed to look at um, PACE, um, so yes. by Dan Hughes. Um, right, brilliant. Okay, um, I'm, I am really interested to hear about PACE. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, a. I think it's a really interesting thing to look at that because um, although uh, PACE comes from like a, a bigger approach really called dyadic developmental psychotherapy and um could you repeat that, <laughs> repeat that one again yeah. for me um dyadic developmental psychotherapy okay um, brilliant and, okay. yeah it sort of um it came out of america i think um by uh, this clinical psychologist dan hughes yeah um and yeah it's sort of built out of this sort of relational approach where sort of the relationship between the therapist uh between the parent and the child is really important um and it's said to like be uh, the, sort of like the locus of of um uh, how um therapy progress is made um, right okay um so it's brought to you in partnership sorry um so yeah um I guess pace is one of those things that they use in that, but then um, across the UK, actually, lots of schools um, have have um, been thinking about perhaps including pace, particularly, which stands for playful acceptance, curiosity, and that. empathetic. Excellent. Um, okay. Yeah. So lots of schools have been thinking about how that actually can be a really useful thing, one to one with children and yeah. and, and, and young adults um, and learners. So yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. So the so the approach is based on these four concepts of, of what was it playfulness, acceptance, acceptance, curiosity, yep. and empathy. Yeah, um, and so the the approach then is that you you sort of use those in your interactions yeah. with the whether it's a one to one or um, okay, that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, I guess. I can see, I can see that. It was particularly things like playfulness and curiosity and things like that. That's, I mean, it's a dream, isn't it? That's what you'd want from yeah. your class or your classroom and your or your lessons to be bringing that out. Yeah. Um, okay. They, all right. So, okay. That's. And what was that? What was the one you said at the beginning as well? The dia dyadic developmental psychotherapy. Yeah. Really? So I don't. Yeah. That it's quite a I think it's its own sort of specific approach really to yeah. um therapy but I think I yeah it's I can imagine it wouldn't really work in a school setting mm -hmm. but it has some useful things and useful parts of it um which um 
uh, and pace is one of those things which came out of it so oh, really interesting so you start with the theory the psychotherapy therapeutic theory yeah um that you said i think was putting the the relationship yeah at, at the core is yeah, that, yeah 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 okay so, i mean that makes sense to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so you start with that that theory and then one of the things then various approaches have generated from it yeah and one of them is pace and yeah. uh, interesting um you know you're saying quite a lot of the schools are implementing this pace approach yeah yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, but I did some research on it um, because, yeah, it's, it's really important just to check the evidence on this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. I um, was thinking, you know, we quite often, don't we, are teaching children and young people fact check, you know, yeah. what's your source? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but potentially do we always do that ourselves yeah or do we read something and go oh my god without yeah. looking into the evidence and i find now particularly like oh, oh yeah like images online can yeah. be really deceiving like it's so easy to be like misled by images Absolutely. it's an unrelated topic sorry yeah no no no, no. <laughs> i love none <laughs> i love a tangent on this show yeah, um no yeah. I, I totally agree and yeah. oh god i mean isn't isn't sort of sharing these things on social media a very big part of it because yeah. you could basically take a snippet couldn't you yeah. um or like you said an image um you know let alone if it's sort of ai involved or anything mm. like that and then i do think we are so used to receiving this information very very quickly yeah as well yeah at our, literally at our fingertips yeah that you don't stop always you don't always stop to consider yeah or um because you go on when you're that? tired as well yeah. don't you and like yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah it's i tell you what <laughs> mine, mine is mine is a half a half story so yeah. i'll read something particularly if it's like in the evening or i'll um you know i'll be yeah reading something or I'll see a post or something like that and then in the morning i'll, I'll go to tell someone but I, I can only remember a little bit of it. And I'm like, oh, no, actually, that's so pointless. We're trying to explain this. So what I've taken to doing now is if I do read something that is go I know is going to be of interest to me, I'll um, bookmark it or email yeah. it to myself. And then I'll read it when I'm great not system. half asleep. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, I've just got all these half, half read articles or theories or anything. But, yeah. Yeah. So I've, no, I've done it now. I've gone off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> So, uh, where actually were we? we, were, so we yeah. Were, yeah, we were talking about uh, pace, um, the evidence of pace. Um, and that was a really interesting thing. And I looked online and I found a few sort of qualitative articles um, and case studies um, on pace and its use in schools. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, the, the evidence for it at the moment um, is is quite small there's there's actually very little out there but we also have to remember that it's quite a new approach yes. as well yeah, and so yeah. research always takes a long time to produce and then it has to go through peer review to make sure it's up to scientific standard yeah. um so yeah um it will take a long time for for us to truly know whether our approach um stands up um, mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i think there's promising signs and i've no dyadic developmental psychotherapy has got a good 
evidence base in itself so um yeah but i guess in schools we need to have a little bit more evidence there. but um in yeah. general it's it's um it's looking promising but we need a bit more research on that yeah, yeah. I, I think that's um there's it's interesting there's a few things that you've you've said there and i thought oh, oh yeah I hadn't, I hadn't considered that i mean one is that the evidence tends to be qualitative mm. i mean i think that's always so it's a lot of things it's going to be the case for a lot of things in education isn't it yeah um it's it, it's slightly subjective you know yeah. the progress and and things like that although i think also as a sector it's very data driven mm -hmm. um in those kind of finite you know exams or attendance figures and that kind of thing there is a lot of data but when you're talking about embedding research into your practice it's it's likely to be more qualitative isn't yeah it? yeah which yeah. probably throws up some problems yeah i think particularly with this pace approach it's um yeah because like measuring improvement is mm. kind of really hard yeah. because you're sort of trying to measure a relationship between mm. uh, and that is quite subjective so. yes yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so there's it so there's perhaps issues with how you present yeah. the evidence i guess um yeah. and then also time like yeah you said time is it, this is relatively new um it's going to take a lot of time to, to gather those different um different sort of collections of, of data or feedback yeah. isn't it um but i think do you would you say then you kind of you can gain confidence in the approach because of the roots in the the the, the psychotherapy yeah i yeah. think so and i think yeah it is relational so yeah it doesn't really need the same sort of um scrutiny i get suppose yeah. um as like looking at a randomized control trial of yes. something um yeah so yeah it's 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 very different to to looking at yeah. that sort of research but um yeah it's 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 definitely a valuable thing i mm. think so yeah Great. Um, oh and could you um explain the the bit where you're saying things have to be peer-reviewed yeah yeah, tell, yeah what what's that then can you explain that so that's a really important part of the scientific process um uh, and so for example let's say I do a study and uh, on a particular educational technique, for example, and I find I've got some good findings mm -hmm. and I try and publish it in a journal. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it will need to go through this process where various experts in the field yeah. um, look at the methods mm -hmm. and they look at how it's written um, and they look at the sources that I'm using as well. Um, and they really scrutinize that to make yeah. sure that I'm not um, <laughs> Just make, making it up. <laughs> making it up. Yeah. Um, they'll also check that my um, methods are sort of like reproducible. Um, yeah. Because it would be really bad if I like mm. basically just scratch down a few notes on my method and how I obtain my results. Yeah. But it's got to be like a real clear recipe, like a, for um, so. That's yeah. really interesting. For first of all, I'm getting sort of slight flashbacks back to secondary science lessons yeah, where yeah. you've got to have like <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, exactly. with the scientific <laughs> experiment where it's got to be. Repeat. I can't remember. This is awful. Sorry to my previous science teachers, but I can't quite remember. <laughs> The acronym or something but there was definitely something about you could to be able to repeat the experiment yeah, yeah. um 
yeah so I'm getting really out of my depth now I'm not a scientist um so so this I mean when you the, that's a lot to go through isn't it mm, to yeah. be published to have your findings and your your research so there's a little is a little element of kind of anything that's come out then will have been under intense scrutiny whether we have the evidence yet or not yeah yeah I think um and that's why it takes so long for, yeah. for it to go through this process and why like evidence often really lags behind what we actually need because I can imagine you know like we're, we're yeah. really desperate for new things new ideas yeah. um new techniques but actually like getting the evidence to show yeah what's effective takes such a long time because it needs to go through this scrutiny that is so interesting i'm just immediately thinking of all the things that have perhaps changed for children and young people mm. over the last few yeah. years not just not just covid necessarily but things that we've kind of referred to already so the impact of social media and um i mean obviously covid and pandemic is a huge one but um there, there are a lot of changes with technology and, and things that means that mean that children and young people's lives are I mean, so different from when I was younger. Yeah, um, yeah. And like you said, perhaps we we need these new approaches. Yeah, yeah. But things are a few years, yeah. would you say a few years behind? Absolutely, yeah. Um, because, uh, I mean, peer review is an important part of, of the process and it takes a long time. But there's also other things like if you're trying to show an approach, um, you've got to have like a pilot study before you actually right. start your main study. Uh, yeah. And it's got to go through ethical review first. And so, yeah, as, so as, as, <laughs> I guess you can't really miss that <laughs> bit out. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of so, different I parts mean, of research which uh, take a long period of time. And so, wow, yeah, that is really interesting. And I'm. Um, I'm just going to ask now. So you have done your masters, yeah, recently. Yeah. That was in psychology. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So is the are you talking? You're talking from experience then of doing your own. Yeah. Research. And so you had to go through all those steps. Yeah. So the study that I worked on had to, had been through all those steps. Um, yeah. Um, but it, it was quite specific. It was experimental work and, and not field work. So I was yeah. in a laboratory, really. So, yeah. Oh, wow. And what was the topic of your... Um, so we were looking at sleep and how we learn new words. That is really interesting. Yeah. So, oh, gosh, I don't want to get out of my depth again. But <laughs> sort of the process of how new learn words are learnt yeah. with different sleep. Yeah. Sort of. So essentially, um, it's been sort of well studied for about 20 years now, um, perhaps a little bit longer, that um, when we learn new things generally, not just words, um, they're in quite a fragile state for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, and they can be easily lost to retroactive interference. So different things going on, yeah. new learning can sort yeah. of like wipe the slate again. Uh -huh. um, but sleep seems to have a like a protective um element to it so when we learn things just before we go to sleep yeah um that it's consolidated such that it, it becomes really quite stable knowledge yeah uh, that so, is yeah. that is fascinating so i mean get a get a good night's sleep yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> learn something yeah and then get a good night's sleep yeah. and it's likely yeah. to be more 
yeah yeah you know quicker to retain or yeah you know. so yeah it becomes more accessible our knowledge becomes more accessible after sleep as well yeah. um so yeah it's that's, um, that's really interesting but also very interesting to think that you you know the process that you explained you had to do all of that yeah yeah before you then got in got yeah. into the research yeah yeah, yeah. so um, interesting yes yeah, yeah. so obviously each experiment and each um, piece of research has its own problems and mm. uh, its own um, ethical related issues and so um, with that experiment we had to think about like because we needed people in the laboratory late at night so we yeah. needed to think about you know safety and around that and yeah, so, yeah 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 there's a lot to it isn't yeah there? but then I think how um, rewarding I think now that you've you know you've done the experiments and you know that you the findings and so yeah. on that you can now apply it when you're teaching yeah yeah, yeah. that's you know that must yeah. be pretty rewarding yeah. you know that how great to have that that explicit link between yeah. I've seen this yeah or I guess maybe before that so yeah. I'm interested yeah. in this and this is what other people have found and and now I want to find what happens when someone does this or or this, yeah. um, and then Absolutely. to then be able to carry that through. Yeah, yeah. And and when you're with teaching your pupils and your students and you know bringing that in, that's yeah amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Educational publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more. Right, so um, brilliant to hear about your research and uh, to hear firsthand that link um, mm. between research, as we said, research. Um, evidence and then bringing it into your own practice so um yeah what are you reading about or what are you researching about now then yeah implement? so one of the things that we talked about uh the college um was thinking a bit about executive functions and what we can do that really because yeah. uh executive functionings are so important for for the learning mm -hmm. um but also just general behavior around the college and so yeah it's it's really important yeah uh, central to pretty much uh, most behaviors so. <laughs> yeah and I, I would i'd even put out there central yet not often thought about yeah <laughs> or yeah. not 
maybe understood? Yeah. Yeah. So could we go through that to start with a little yeah. bit? What, what do we mean by executive functioning? Yeah, well, executive functioning, is, I, I suppose, um, well, um, they were, have been actually really well studied. Um, we know quite a lot about like how um, uh, they're important in working memory, for example, yep. to sort of like regulate various sources of um, memory information, sort of surfacing yep. to hold things in mind. Great. Um, and, but we also know they're really important for sort of task switching and like being mm -hmm. able to delegate attention to different sources at different moments in time. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even just a, a very quick think about that, um, if you have difficulties with those executives, that's going to impact a lot in in the, in a classroom yeah. without a doubt so if you are have difficulty switching between tasks so you've got to copy something down and then you've got to you know do a work or, or whatever switching between tasks yeah. is going to be very difficult um and then um and, and then then what was that listening oh sorry attending to different sources of information yeah, yeah. as well so yeah i guess that kind of auditory and then reading something and yeah. so if you have difficulties with that that's going to be really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And and I forgot to say, actually, there's another aspect of it, which is sort of like um, being able to sort of exert some top down control on like impulsivity. Um, ah, interesting. So, okay. For example, like say I'm really frustrated and I, what comes to mind is a swear word and like yep. I'm in a educational setting or somewhere where I really can't say that yeah um you know executive functions really pull down and say no stop yeah. <laughs> and I've got like this attentional resource basically to then yeah. um yeah monitor what I'm saying and, and really uh, mm. exert some uh control of myself <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah okay yeah, yeah so I mean that's starting to perhaps maybe some of that's feeling sounding familiar yeah. to educators like, you know okay hold on yeah I have got students in my class and they get frustrated and they yeah. might blurt out a swear word yeah. or, or something or walk out um and they also have difficulty kind of switching from task to task yeah and um you know and and paying attention to different things going on yeah yeah that's it's so sounds... hard to block out things as well yeah. and that's a really part a really big part if we've got someone noisy in the class or yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it can be really difficult to yeah focus in on yeah brilliant okay yeah. so so that's that's what we mean by executive functioning yeah. skills then that that kind of control that kind of working memory yeah um attending to different things switching transferring yeah um and and sort of organizational skills yeah totally yeah, yeah. being able to sort of like put planning into motion and that yeah. sort of thing is really uh, an executive functioning skill as well so, yeah. yeah and and again then all things that we require yeah in the classroom <laughs> yeah. yeah or or the education setting yeah yeah definitely. so what's the um yeah what kind of research is going on around around this then well there's so much in general um, on like the actual processes. There's a lot on the neurobiology mm -hmm. and things that happen in our prefrontal cortex, for example. Um, but um, it's that one of the really hard and biggest challenges, I suppose, is how we can improve executive functions. And yeah. I think there's 
there's been attempts to do that and it's been really really difficult to actually um yeah so actual yeah is that so actually coming up with the strategies that are going that are going to help somebody improve their own executive functioning skills yeah 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 so that that's very difficult to do yeah 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 so is it more is it then more if we'll be thinking about taking the research and embedding it and transforming your practice yeah is it more about i guess strategies yeah and i think like particularly like um sort of thinking about how you're giving instructions to students is really important and Mm -hmm. that's something that continually came up when i was reading and like being able to continually um remind students of the task in hand and being able to uh, be that sort of executive function for them essentially that's really um, interesting so it so we so we're kind of learning or you've learned that it's it's difficult to improve the skills in someone yeah but what you could do as a teacher is be the executive functioning yeah yeah and, and but it's really interesting because the research shows that it's you can actually build good executive functionings on one task. So let's say like okay. I can, um, you can get really good at like executive functions in maths, for example, right. but that won't necessarily transfer to anything else. So it's- That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. That is so interesting. So it's like a task specificity about it. Yeah. It's, it's like a- And is that, I don't, I don't know if you've, I'm just, I don't know if you've got this far with the, mm. is, is that impacted by your interest in it? I think it probably is. I yeah. mean, there's probably like a reward element and a practice element yeah. to it. So yeah, um, I would imagine yeah. so. And I, and I guess read. concentration yeah. and focus, I guess, you're more likely to concentrate on something you're interested in, aren't you? Yeah. But that is really interesting. So you can get very, very good at it. You you could be in a maths lesson and mm. you could be able to switch tasks and you could listen to different things. You could be organised. Yeah but that might not transfer to an English lesson. Yeah, yeah, I mean, wow. yeah, or, or yeah, it may, you know, like an important part of uh, of most curriculums now is sort of like life skills yeah. and like we might get really good at life skills in the lesson, but actually being able to take them outside of the, of the college or educational Gosh. institution. Yeah, so transferring, really yeah, transferring yeah. from environment to environment, yeah. not just subject to subject. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, that's going to have, I tell you what, that's going to have a fairly big impact, isn't it, on yeah. the progression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a really important area that we, I think we need more research in. Um, yeah. And so, like, some interesting things that happened sort of, I think, 2012, 2015 era, there was some research done on, like uh, working memory and like how we could improve that. Mm. And a particular app was made. Um, and it was really exciting for a lot of people to begin with. Um, and then they found exactly that problem, you know, like people were getting incredible executive yeah. functioning scores on this app and like being able to pass the executive functioning tests yeah. really well. And then just it just wouldn't generalise anywhere else. So it's a real complex issue, I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah. it is, isn't it? Um, I'm very difficult to think how to move past yeah yeah <laughs> cough again um wow okay um so um how how can we then so we say so you were saying you know advice then to embed this within your classroom and your practice is to 
be the executive function yeah essentially yeah. there's a, a lot of work on sort of like just instructions and thinking about yeah. breaking down instructions as well um, yeah. and repeating them um and yeah really thinking about the words that we use to um mm. yeah to say yeah. what we'd like from students or learners so, yeah and i think it's um i mean my feeling is that these kind of strategies um benefit everyone yeah so even if somebody even if in your class people haven't necessarily got it noted that yeah. they have difficulties these kind of um embedding embedding these ideas as as standard yeah um are gonna benefit lots of people aren't they for many different reasons yeah i yeah. guess yeah, yeah so that's a i guess that's something that i always think about research it doesn't have to be linked to individuals yeah you yeah. can adopt these approaches as as the norm yeah absolutely bet uk is just two weeks away you've ever attended your first thousand years with 600 plus exhibitors on seven content stages from 120 countries and see louis theroux dame darcy bustle jason arde laura Carner, baroness Luella benjamin dan fitzpatrick mr pict and so much more i might need to bring my trainers the best part educators go free get your ticket now at uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration this show is brought to you in partnership with john cat educational publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world have you checked out their latest releases use the code jcttr 2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more. Okay, so um, we were talking about um, executive functions and the huge impact that yeah. difficulties with those functions can, can have in the classroom. Um, yeah, and we just sort of moved on a little bit or talked a little bit about um, how um, I think it's important when you, you hear either reading research yourself or hearing about it from a research lead yeah. in your organization, <laughs> or, <coughs> sorry, or you're doing um, CPD, is potentially not to get too caught up in which individuals in yeah. your classroom have these things because a lot of these approaches are going to benefit a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? And like you, you see that even like, let's say like you're reading an article or a question. I mean, it's classic in questions um, where like it's just such a long question and you're like, I don't even know where to start breaking yeah. it down. And so like, <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, like, those things actually have a huge drain on everyone's executive function. So, yeah. like, it's not just, yeah, 
specific students as you say or specific yeah. learners it's 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 really important for everyone to think about how we're mm. displaying instructions so yeah yeah, mm. yeah I, th I think so so you know almost in a, in a variety of ways as well would yeah probably help a lot of people wouldn't it yeah yeah not just um not just auditory yeah. displaying it as a visual cue as well and yeah so, yeah yeah it's really important yeah good and which you know is quite doable yeah it's quite achievable isn't yeah it, yeah know, to do that absolutely yeah. brilliant yeah. so um yeah but i i suppose the the real thing that's with the things which uh, uh have looked at trying to help executive functions um the, the the science behind it can be really messy and so it does take mm -hmm. it it takes a really long time and that's another part of of what we were talking about earlier yeah um, um with sort of how long it takes for research to actually yeah um show um what's important or what the right thing to do is for mm. example it's like because um you can like have findings and someone will find something amazing and yeah. then like next year they'll find the it doesn't replicate they can't do it again um, so yeah um, yeah so yeah so linking that kind of what you've how you've explained about the process yeah of research um and that that time it takes and then like you said then we're kind of you know some an amazing study might not be able to be done again and yeah therefore loses its impact yeah yeah, yeah. i think that definitely happens yeah um yeah there's as and like people think a lot about like the quality of the evidence and that's yeah. really important so i might be able to show that um this one tool uh really improves executive functions let's say um and then someone comes up with a more plausible tool yeah like and so or something like that and that yeah. has priority at that point so yeah it's, the evidence is always changing and that's why someone really needs to look at it all the time and, and weigh up what's, what's yeah said. Uh, yeah definitely i mean just that example that you just gave about the um people were using an app and, yeah. and doing really really well yeah and then the evidence at that point is oh wow this improves yeah. people's executive functions yeah and then further research has found that actually it does but in that situation yeah yeah so I mean really good point that you've said is is somebody you know to be embedding research in your practice yeah within your organization somebody really needs to be keeping up yeah with what's going on out there I mean yeah. it's just fascinating though isn't it yeah, yeah. so I think if you're, if you're that way inclined <laughs> <laughs> um to keep up with all this research is yeah is and amazing. there's so much which is important for education as well because yeah. it is really like cross-disciplinary like there's a you know yeah. there's important psychology stuff but there's also yeah. loads of things about curriculum as well isn't that like yeah. so yeah it is a huge area yeah. isn't it um and I think I mean I the way I think I think it deserves to be sort of in a as a forefront um mm. as part of, of the role I mean, not not necessarily every educator's role yeah. but um like you said if you have the have the research lead who can then be be checking you know keeping up to date with this um analyzing it a bit yeah. like you said checking the sources and then the evidence for it um rather than 
the danger of just oh I've read of this new this um, new approach so yeah. we're all going to try this new approach this term and and that kind of thing and then nothing ever actually getting yeah embedded yeah absolutely um, and then finding that way that to distill it to staff yeah in time effective strategies within yeah. the classroom i mean yeah. that that's again that'd be the dream wouldn't it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um yeah but i think it's it's really important as well to to check the sources as well because it can be yeah. you can actually find articles where they've found like one or two participants have actually been heart been harmed oh for example gosh. or like have had some negative side effects so like yeah, it's really important, particularly with ones which are actual interventions on people, for example. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the evidence is not flimsy in that sense at all. It needs to be watertight. Um, I mean, that's and, a really important point, isn't it? Yeah. You're talking about people and psychology and, and interventions and yeah. things like that. You, it is very important to check that they're not harmful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess is going back again is why all that process is in place yeah you know the ethics and Absolutely. peer reviews and, and so on yeah um okay so, <clears throat> so in our um last few minutes yeah. <laughs> it's gone by so quick and i knew it would um <laughs> but in our last few minutes are there are there sort of emerging areas or things coming up that you're kind of getting getting into um yeah so i've i was looking quite recently at sort of like physiology and like yeah. trying to like I was I was looking specifically actually at architecture of like learning classrooms and how that influences learning and so that is so interesting and stuff like that so wow yeah, um and yeah a lot of it is you know if you, if you've got small groups of classes you can actually really take that on board and really yeah. think about how you've organized your classroom and, yeah. and stuff like that uh, to, yeah, to really aid learning that's really interesting and i guess probably links to a lot of other areas yeah so it's going to link to that kind of helping people with the executive functioning yeah um it's going to help with neurodiversity yeah um yeah and it's going to help with trauma-informed approach as yeah, well, isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah, I know, you know, we talked briefly right at the back at the beginning of the show, um, we were talking about safety yeah. um, and, and how somebody's reacting. So the architecture of the classroom, again, is something yeah. that could could um, support a lot of need, yeah, different needs. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, neurodiversity, like sort of things which allow people to sort of like integrate sensory wise yeah. is really important yeah. and so yeah that's uh yeah I mean it's kind of this what's coming out is it's all it can all be linked interlinked yeah yeah so with time um and uh sort of somebody responsible for doing these kind of things and keeping up with the research and 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 covering lots of different aspects actually you can by the time it gets down to a strategy in the classroom yeah it's meeting a lot of individual needs in one swoop yeah beautiful yeah. <laughs> brilliant okay so we've got architecture of the classroom that we're gonna yeah, listen yeah. out for in the future um and is there anything else that's coming up that's that's interesting um yeah, it's, I mean, it's sort of building upon that just more generally, like thinking about like learners needs sort of like whether they need um, food, whether they come in hungry, for example, yeah. and like whether they need a drink and stuff yeah. like that has quite a huge, huge impact on like yeah. how they actually 
are able to engage with the task and you yeah. know it's actually important for executive functioning that, that we're like not hungry yeah <laughs> so um yeah yeah and, and we're not trying to block out the fact that we're freezing cold or so yeah. all these things actually have influences on this. I think going back to what we were saying at the beginning you know you've got your we've all got our whys yeah and our values and our culture and you know I think you know we've in common you know the culture is is sort of care and nurture but it is really interesting to make that explicit link to the research as well yeah. that is saying if you are trying to manage the messages from your brain that you're hungry yeah and you're trying to ignore that you are not able to attend yeah to the task in hand Absolutely. in the classroom yeah. i mean and that is it's powerful, isn't it? Research yeah. is powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Because it gives it gives a reason, gives yeah. an evidence for your reasoning of, yeah. how, of how you're operating as an educator. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely love it. I mean, today has been, um, as I said at the beginning, I've really, really looked forward to it. It's right up my street. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've just absolutely loved hearing about the you know your role and the processes that you go through as as a research lead and um i think you know the staff that are learning you know are at that that sort of final bit of the research cycle or, mm. or whatever um of, of embedding it um the staff must benefit so much from hearing you know all that that evidence yeah. um so i just think that's is fa that's fantastic it's really informed education isn't it yeah. yeah so you've got the education that's informed by psychology neurobiology yeah, yeah. sociology even you yeah know, absolutely that's, you know that's really so thank you so much for thank coming thank you so much on. for having me on yeah brilliant and as i said before um would love to hear your thoughts um probably would love to actually follow up with with another show hearing about more research <laughs> so josh if you're willing <laughs> um but yeah if you've got any thoughts on it if you've got any questions um, um over on x or through the teachers talk radio um uh x x account gosh my mind went blank so i was too busy thinking about architecture of classrooms now but yeah josh thank you so much for you. coming on and thank you everyone for listening